I'll be reading from Luke 20, 20 through 27, 23, excuse me, Luke 23. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time he spoke to them, why, what crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demand that he be crucified and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. The Crucifixion of Jesus. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon's from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Luke 23, 32-38 Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. We live in a dangerous world. There are so many terrible things going on on our planet right now in our world today. Take a moment. What has what is occupied your mind? Which of the countless disasters tragedies, calamities, has been holding you prisoner. Take a moment, find it, 
in your mind, hold it, look at it. How have these things affected you? How do they make you feel? How do they change the way you behave in the world? Actually think on this. How is this affecting you? How is this changing you? What are you afraid of? Like actually, what are you afraid of? I, I, I can tell you being a parent of two, I answer that question very differently than I did just a few years ago. What are you afraid of? Horrific reports of war crimes in Ukraine, images of bombed-out civilian centers and mass graves now live in our heads. And reports are detailing these new reports of the horrific religious persecution that minorities like Baptists are facing under Russian occupation. 29 people were injured in a mass shooting in the New York City subway just this week. The tomb of Joseph in Israel was bombed as a part of a series of terrorist attacks in Israel. About a dozen there are dead as tensions again flare up between Israeli and Palestinian neighbors. Just this morning there are reports of a, a massive brawl that broke out on one of the holiest sites in the world in Jerusalem. North Korea has resumed testing nuclear-capable missiles. For those willing to listen, our ears are filled with the screams of Chinese families who have been sealed in their high-rise apartment buildings without aid as China attempts to prevent another COVID outbreak. Tornadoes this month have torn through the South, leaving injured and dead in Texas Florida, Alabama, and Georgia. Many are missing from devastating floods in Brazil. Tonight in Atlanta, there will be an estimated 3,000 homeless children and teens sleeping in shelters or on the streets, which is a shocking number. It sounds too big until you hold it up next to the 650,000 children who are believed to be in the hands of human traffickers in the United States, or as many as 40 million trafficked slaves in the world today. That's more than at any other point in recorded history. That last bit of trivia is true, even if the most conservative reports of 30 million are correct. We are aware 
of around 6.2 million reported COVID dead in the world, with around 2,000 joining their numbers every day, we live in a dangerous world. Another question to ponder seriously. Where in your life do you feel alone or vulnerable? There's a strange story dropped in the, the middle of the book of Numbers, chapter 21. The, the story of Numbers is the story of the newly liberated Hebrew people wandering in the wilderness between leaving Egypt and finding their new home in the promised land. God shows up for these people in wild and unexpected ways, blessing, protecting, teaching, providing for the people that he has chosen to rescue. But in the face of God's goodness, the people over and over choose rebellion. Picking up the story in verse 4, they, that's the freed slaves, traveled from Mount Hor along the route of the Red Sea to go around Edom, but the people grew impatient on the way. And they spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned when we spoke against God and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then, when anyone was bitten by a snake, they looked at the bronze snake, and they lived. When was the last time you heard this story read in church? For, for some of us, this might be the first time you've heard this story read in church, or the first time you've heard this story at all. It's, it's a bit of an obscure one. It's a, a strange one, and we don't spend much time on it, in part because it's so short, and in part because it's so weird. Like, just, just look at the structure of the story. The people complain and defame God on top of their rebellion and idolatry. The consequences come in the form of poisonous snakes. The people repent and ask for God's mercy, and God takes away the snakes. Oh, oh wait. No, God doesn't. God does not take away the snakes. God gives Moses a strange arts and crafts project. The Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. Okay, 
So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. And when anyone was bitten by a snake and they looked at the bronze snake, they lived. If I were God, if I were God, we'd have a lot more problems to talk about tonight. If I were God, I would have taken the snakes away. Right? Seems reasonable, but that, that's not how the story goes. God does not take the danger away. God gives the people a way to live with it, to deal with it. God doesn't take the snakes away. A question to truly ponder, what do you wish God would take away from you or from the world? If you were God, what does it make sense to just snatch that evil out of the world? What do you wish God would take away from you? In this story, God doesn't take away what the people are afraid of, but gives them a way to become courageous in the face of the danger, which is fascinating because it took us thousands of years to systematize this mercy. It's a widely understood doctrine, principle, in the world of psychotherapy that this is how you overcome fear. You face it. You look at it. We call this facing of our fears exposure therapy. And it is an essential tool in the, the toolbox that is cognitive behavioral therapy today. If you are afraid of something, you voluntarily expose yourself to it. Under the care of a therapist until you develop the ability to live in the presence of what you are afraid of. Okay, pastor, that's neat. Don't be afraid of snakes, good sermon. Uh, cool, why are you bringing this up on Good Friday? Because Jesus uses this brief, strange, often overlooked story from Numbers 21 to frame what is going to happen in his death. Everyone knows John 3, 16. Here's 14 and 15. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Jesus brings it up again in John 12, verse 32. And I, when I am lifted up, I will draw everyone to myself. Jesus when explaining his death, points us back to the snake on the pole. So let's apply its lesson. To look at the cross of Good Friday is to look at what we are terrified of. To face the cross of Good Friday is to face betrayal, injustice, corruption, greed, abuse of power, victimization, powerlessness. To face the cross of Good Friday is to face the loss of a child, the loss of life, the loss of dignity. It's to face humiliation, pain, suffering, darkness, doubt, meaninglessness, abandonment, rejection, derision, dereliction, invasion, subjugation. 
To face the cross is to face defeat, prejudice, racism, loneliness, separation, torture, destitution, poverty, calamity, religious failure, evil, division, manipulation, penetration, agony, sin, scorn, mockery, hell, and death. And here's the thing. On the cross, Jesus doesn't take these things out of our lives. Jesus makes it possible for us to face them. The Good Friday cross is proof that God has not abandoned us, but rather that God has joined us in our suffering, not abandoned us to it. We are never alone in our fears, our struggles, or our pain. Jesus has joined us in all of it through the cross. And in doing so, he is not taken away what we are afraid of, but made a way for us to be courageous in spite of it. Because of Jesus, we can face the cross and know that we are not alone. When Jesus came to the, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he died. 